1: From
2: hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
0: When
3: you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact,
4: Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. We have so much to talk about. I'm not even going to try to do any more fillers. Tori, we got to talk about the Super Bowl. I mean, it was underwhelming. It was an underwhelming Super Bowl.
5: Okay, well, you can't say underwhelming. It was almost more, I feel like, just frustrating. Like, poor Patrick Mahomes. The guy had a release on so many different level playing fields. And I mean, he was horizontal. He was diagonal. I, 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 He's so, like, I just, I my heart, even, I still have words for it. I'm just, like, sad for him.
4: Do you think he's going to be able to rebound after last night's performance. Because it's not that he played bad. He was just helpless out there. I mean, he was running for his life. No one was catching the the ball. Literally, he was, like, going through the receiver's hands, hitting them on the helmet. And he is, like, (laughs) on the ground being tackled, doing these
5: amazing throws. And the receivers are like, well, okay, we'll let that one go. (laughs) Right. I mean, some points he was releasing like it was baseball. And some points he was releasing like it was fully football. Like, he's so his ability to play is is quite literally amazing at certain points I think things that Tom Brady couldn't even do it was just like bad luck in the end zone there's so many throws where the instant replay would happen and you were cringing because you're like how did you not catch that how did you not catch that ball the ball was right there in your hands and then you just didn't so it's like I feel bad cuz Patrick Mahomes is like the only thing people are talking about but really it's like the defense sucked. Like the Bucks are just so stacked. Antonio Brown is just a freak of nature. I hate him so much but he's just such a freak of nature.
4: As as a Steelers fan, it was hard to see oh. him win the Super Bowl after everything that he's put the Steelers through and for him to now be happy and successful. Not too happy about it, but I will say I love Patrick Mahomes. He seems like a real genuine good guy. But his brother, Jackson, and his oh, fiancee Brittany, they, they run me the wrong way. I understand yeah. being supportive of your family or your man, but she just takes it to the next level where it's almost cringy and you almost don't want to root for right. them because she is
5: so obnoxious about it. I mean, like, bless her heart, like, we would all love to be set for life as she is and just, like, being able to root on the next, like, Tom Brady, maybe. I don't know if I can really say that, but he's that good, you know? But I'm, I, I, there's literally articles written as to why she's the most obnoxious fan, like, Chiefs fan. So I think she's already got a pegged for her, and then she just leans into it, which I guess maybe I would, too. I'd be like, I'm, I'm having his baby, like, what do you want? Do you think there's a point where
4: you can cross the line of being supportive and it's just obnoxious? Because I think she's done that.
5: Listen, we would all love to carry ourselves like Giselle does, but, like, unfortunately, she's literally 22, 23, 24. Like, we can't ask her to be a Giselle from the sidelines. Like, she's going to feed into it. His brother's making TikTok dances mid-game. Like, he can't I just... Everything screams millennial Gen Z. That it's like I, I guess I have to support them because that's me. That's us. Don't do it,
4: Tori. I forget. No, you're just you so much more established in life
5: than I am. So. <laughs>
4: no no well we're gonna bring teddy g back on to talk more in depth about the game but tori we got to talk about what makes the super bowl the super bowl and that's the commercials and the halftime show the commercials there were a couple funny ones but for the most part i felt they were trying to be a little too sentimental and when i want sentimental commercials i want like the budweiser with the horse yeah the dog like that's more my style but they were just oh my gosh what a throwback long they were so long
5: It it did feel also like CBS, we get it. You have every crime show. Like, if I see one more CBS push their show, I was like, okay, I'm out. Like, it just, everything, I don't know why this Super Bowl, but everything just felt disconnected for me for a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think about what my favorite Super Bowl commercial was. The Doritos with... Matthew McConaughey was
4: good. The Cheetos commercial wasn't bad. And the Will Ferrell commercial. Those were probably the three that stood out to me the most. Yeah. But I I wasn't really paying that much attention to the commercials. And I'm sure a lot of people were feeling this way too. I would go on my phone. I would check social media. I'd check Twitter. And then I'd look up and I'd be like, oh, I missed it. I missed another commercial. So I right. never really got like in the groove of seeing all of them.
5: I um, did text you though. And this is something that I feel like. We got to hit home on midway through the game or, well, not midway because I guess I had to be after. <laughs> Honestly, I've had a cup of coffee and you would never even know Tori's back with Struggle Monday. <laughs> um, okay. Halftime show. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because, like, the commercials, I'm like, I'm not connecting to them. Halftime I was shooting for. And your response was? I liked it. So The weekend
4: was the halftime performer, and here's the thing. They said that he put $7 million of his own money into the performance. I I will say it was a little more difficult because you didn't have that fan reaction, that crowd reaction that you had in previous Super Bowl halftime shows. So that was, uh, I think, a little bit more difficult. You didn't have that energy. He sounded great. I thought he sounded great he isn't maybe the most exciting performer out there to watch but people are going to hate no matter what they hated last year the year before someone's always going to find something wrong with the halftime performance and i don't think it was the best one i've ever seen that's bruno mars he should do it every single year but it wasn't bad it wasn't as terrible as everyone was making it
5: out to be it wasn't great Paige. it was not great like (laughs) I felt like I was getting nauseous, and when he was in the gold room and just spinning around on a selfie stick, I'm like, "Whoa, okay, what are we doing?" Like, I was more impressed—I want to say—by his back background dancers. Is that what they're called, right? The background dancers. Yeah. Um, then honestly, him at certain points, which isn't right. It just was. It, it was all a disconnect. I just you you texted me that I thought we were going to be on the same page, and then you weren't. Again, I I liked it, I didn't think it was the best, but I also didn't
4: think it was the worst either. I've never really been too critical over halftime performances. I think it's extremely difficult. People have these unrealistic expectations for these musicians to reach, and if they do something a little bit different, I mean, they're always going to get hate. I mean, Shakira and JLo got so much hate for what they did, trying to do something a little bit different, but there's always that one meme that comes out of the Super Bowl halftime performance, and this time it was the weekend walking through that gold room and some of the responses were hilarious to that meme uh,
5: i don't know yeah i guess i mean it really is all with memes. like what's that justin timberlake kid that was yeah. like freaking out over the selfie with him it's like you really do live for those moments and then shakira doing the <laughs> the, the the call the <laughs> the what sorry you you broke up there can you do that again <laughs> <laughs> It's just, that's my morning cup of coffee right there, baby. Good morning.
4: <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> you should record that and that will be your new alarm.
5: <laughs> oh my, I would never press snooze. I would never <laughs> press snooze.
4: I bet people were saying um for a weekend when he was getting lost in that gold room, it was like men trying to find the clit. Um, find trying to find when I was a kid trying to find my parents in the grocery store. My dog trying to find. I
5: love when you're when you lose your mom in the grocery store is the best meme because it's the most terrifying feeling. <laughs> Every aisle looks the same to you. You can't find. Oh, it it's true. Okay, I'm giving back to life a little bit. You are right. It's all about the memes, honestly. But it's at same all about time, the memes. It and wasn't great. that was
4: the best part of the halftime performance. <laughs> Again, it wasn't great. It was. Wasn't that bad? Like, what did you want more? Did you want some more dancing, some more fireworks,
5: some more pizzazz? What was lacking? Just, I think he's just such like a on the weekend vibe, where it's like, yeah, it's really cool, but it's hard. Like, he's been in this like what two year long, maybe even longer journey of making his album like a full story. It's like you don't really want a storyteller. You want Shakira to shake her ass in front of you. You want like, I thought the national anthem and, like, that opening with her and um, Eric Church, and I didn't see – who was the third girl? She was – I was, like, I had chills down my body. I could have been fine with that being my halftime. Jasmine. Jasmine was the other girl with Eric Church. Jasmine Sylvan. Wow. So, Me. that's my take. You yeah. don't know music. You don't have good t- – I'm just kidding. She <laughs> said Bruno Mars should be leading every day. I think every day, like, we need to hype on that a little bit more, like – wasn't the Bruno Mars performance yeah, amazing? I mean, he can dance. That man can dance. And he has fun songs. I think
4: that's what was lacking for a lot of these people, especially the older generation. They don't know The Weekend. Those are yeah. songs that they're playing on the radio 24-7. And they're not like hype up songs. Right. They're more kind of like chill songs. So I-, I see why people didn't like it. But as a fan of The Weekend, I appreciated the effort that he put into his performance. I don't, I still don't get the bandages. That's something that has just completely went over my head. I, the whole storyline of getting the surgery with the bandages, I don't get it. I don't understand that part
5: of it. But besides you're, that. You're really not convincing anybody you're a fan of The weekend. You're entertaining. I don't, but I don't get
4: I don't get, artistically, I don't understand that. I don't get that.
5: And some people don't understand why you wear tank tops on the golf course. I almost said golf field, but I didn't. Golf course, and yet you still do it. So, you know what? We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. We won't understand. Speaking
4: of golf, we got to get into the waste management. We have Bucket Hat Bill joining us, and also Teddy G. We're going to talk about some of our past bets and the Super Bowl a little bit more after the break. Bucket Hat, Bill, joining us today. Thank you so much. We are all in our matching Bad Birdie shirts. I think we're looking quite stylish.
1: Yeah,
6: quite the dream team we got here. Also,
5: Bill and I just did the exact same notion at like the exact same speed (laughs) of flexing our shirts.
4: (laughs) So I got to ask, where did you get the name? I can kind of guess based on the hat you're wearing, but I need to know the whole background (laughs) story.
6: Yeah, I guess it started in high school. Um, I bought a bucket. I mean, I used to play golf every weekend with my friends. And I bought a bucket hat, and uh, I think I had a pretty good round for me, which was probably like mid '80s back then. And my friends started calling me Bucket Hat Bill because I played better than the bucket hat, and uh, it just stuck. And now I wear it majority of the times I golf when I really need to, you know, get a good round out of me. I'll, I'll, I'll come here for my magic.
5: How's
6: how's so, the golf so. game? Oh, uh, right now it's. <laughs> You know, I could use some lessons, but it's anywhere from a good day. I'll shoot 80, 81, and then I can go ahead and round off a 95 if I need to. So So,
4: I I assume you're wearing Bad Birdie shirts every round. Do you have a a go-to Lucky shirt that you go for?
6: I do. I really like this one, the Out of the Office. This is one of our newer ones. And then probably Tropics is my second favorite.
5: Is that the one I'm wearing? Which one am I wearing?
6: That is, yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks great on you, Tori. <laughs>
4: yeah,
6: we're killing it, guys.
4: I mean, you actually are killing it. I've seen so many high-profile celebrities, athletes wearing Bad Birdie on the golf course. And I think it's because there's not many real stylish golf options when it comes to shirts, especially for, you know, like the younger guys who are playing, but I've seen like Patrick Peterson, Golden Tate, Archie Mm -hmm. Bradley, All Rocking, Bad Birdie. How did you get them into Bad Birdie or did they approach you?
6: Yeah, so it actually, it all started about three years ago. Our founder, Jason, was invited to play in a tournament in Scottsdale. And so he went to a to a few different stores looking for a, a fun polo to wear that day with his boys. He wanted to, you know, stand out a little bit and ended up not being able to find anything. He uh, ended up getting a, one of the red Nike polos, which is, you know, a classic. To this day. <laughs> but he decided, like, I want to start a company that's got some some louder polos, something more fun. So Bad Birdie was created, and then he went to the waste management three years ago with two samples on him and his buddy, and over, like, 200 people came up to him and were like, where did you get that shirt? I got to get that shirt. A couple months later, uh, I sent out about 100 shirts on Instagram to a couple of people, and then it just blew up overnight like that. So we got Reggie Bush and, like you were saying, Golden Tate and a couple of those people on Instagram, and, and it just really took off. And, now, and then we got on Shark Tank, and um, it's, it's just going really well now.
4: How was the Shark Tank experience?
6: That was great. So uh, I don't know if you guys tuned into it or watched it, but um, Robert Herjavec offered Jason a deal, and in true Bad Birdie fashion, he countered offered with uh, a <laughs> we we putt for it. And Herjavec missed the putt, but we got the deal done, and they, they have a great relationship to this day.
4: Well, that's awesome. I mean, we have to talk about the Waste Management, though. Have you been before?
6: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been the last three years with my friends, and we do the whole wake up at 4 a.m., get in line, sprint to 16, and then you're there for, you know, 10 hours. Um, so it was really sad not being able to go this year, but we, we wanted to do it right, like in true Bad Birdie form, get all of our friends out there, and there was just too much unknown this year, but yeah, definitely have been to it. I've experienced the beer showers and the burritos being thrown at you at 7 a.m., um, and it's this is yesterday was like my i know people say it's like their super bowl but it was the super bowl but with the waste management final round and the super bowl it's the best day of the year for me
4: it it really was and i don't think people realize the tradition that there is with 16 like you were saying that people literally will line up at 3 a.m in the morning and do a full-on sprint to the stands at 16 to get their spots. how is that I've never done that I have stayed away from that because it kind of scares me
6: (laughs) yeah so it's interesting I mean me and my friends don't you know Friday night in Scottsdale we usually arrive Friday night and like (laughs) go out so sometimes it's like a 2 or 3 a.m. bedtime and then a 4 a.m. alarm so you're not really getting much sleep that weekend and then you have to go wait, and it's pretty cold in the morning until the sun comes up, and you wait in the line with like 30,000 people, I want to say, just so many people. And then the gate opens, and you got five to ten minutes of full-blown sprint. So imagine, you know, you don't have a lot of sleep. You might have drank a little bit too much the night before, and then you got to run for seven straight minutes at, at full speed. Um, it is it's difficult to get in. A couple times, some of our friends don't get in, and we don't see them the rest of the day. And that's like yeah. the one time that we've all agreed that it's kind of okay to to break the bro code of like, oh, <laughs> I'll hang out with you, man. Like, no, if you don't make it in, sorry.
4: What's your best waste management story?
6: Um, two years ago when Ricky won it, I went in with uh, probably $500 in cash and $1 bills. And I think I left with about 2000 and then another 1000 in my Venmo. And it was all because every single player that would hit, I would say to anybody in the gallery that wanted it, I got white pants, a standing bet all day to whoever had on white pants, they were going to hit it closer to the hole. And it was the luckiest shit that's ever happened to me in my (laughs) life. Every single player with white pants was hitting it closer and people were paying me and getting mad and it was hilarious. But uh, that year, I mean, I know you picked Ricky to win it this year. He's also one of my favorite golfers, so. I really need him to start playing a little bit better. Um, But that year he won it and just kind of, after he was done with 16, we followed him on 17 and 18 and just watched the whole thing and it was awesome. And he was playing with JT, I think. And those are two of my favorite golfers. So um, that 2019 was probably my, my favorite experience.
4: Yeah, so I was out this year, and it was the first PGA Tour event that fans were back. And so they limited it to 5,000 people per day. And it was so nice to be back out at a tournament with fans cheering. And wow. I watched Jordan Spieth, the third round, chip in on number 10, and everyone was cheering. It was so exciting. But cool. I definitely missed the vibe of the previous years, but it was nice again. But we have to talk about the waste management this year because it was – an awesome tournament. What was your biggest takeaway or something that was the best moment for you?
6: Um I have a couple. The fans being back had to be number 1. That was incredible. Um the I really liked what they did with the stadium with what, what they could. I mean, it it wasn't even as close to how it usually is, but when Rory chipped in on Friday, on his or on Thursday, I believe, on his first ever waste management on 16, that would have been a zoo if it were normal capacity. But I think the fans being back was one of my favorite takeaways. And I'm also a big Brooks Kepka fan. So when yes. he hit on 17 and eagled and went up two, I was like, it's it's game over. Nobody <laughs> can catch Brooks Kepka. And then um, just Jordan Speed being back. It was, it was awesome to see him finally have a little bit of a swagger back. And I thought he was going to have it on Saturday. And then old Kepka just came up and snuck behind him. But those were probably my three biggest takeaways.
4: It was a fun tournament to watch i mean jordan Speed, is he back that's the big question we're all hoping that he is and brooks kepka just i mean only one who could really i think handle that pressure and who has been there and he that chip in on 17 was one of the best shots i don't think people realize how difficult that shot was too it was like over the spine off of the tight lie. he hit it perfect what a fun tournament, but I want to thank you so much for being on. Where can people find the Bad Birdie shirts if they want to look stylish out on the golf course?
6: Badbirdiegolf.com. Check us out, our website, or on Bad Birdie Golf on Instagram. Um, yeah, I believe we have a discount code with you, page 10.
4: It is page, so if people want that discount.
6: <laughs> okay. All right, cool.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us.
6: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys.
4: Cool. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. I love talking to Bucket Hat Bill, but I even love our polos a little bit more. Tori, you me look so cute in
5: yours. I'm ready for a luau, baby. Give me a Mai Tai.
4: Are you going to wear that when we go play golf for the first time?
5: Absolutely. Anything that has a drink that like I can match with this, then that's my shirt. I would love to have a drink at all times. So I'm just going to start wearing themed shirts from from Bad Birdie, baby.
4: Well, if you guys want to check out Bad Birdie, go to badbirdie.com. Bad Birdie is the apparel brand of golfers who love the game and have a boatload of fun playing it. For the kind of guy who was afraid to swing hard and never lay up, Bad Birdie designs standout polos that are packed with style, comfort, and performance. I mean, Tori, these are... Pretty comfortable shirts. I am sweating right now podcasting. I don't even feel it. No, I, I feel I nothing. Move.
5: I mean, it feels feels pretty good. <laughs> no, I completely agree. The material's so soft too. It's like I kind of forget I'm wearing a shirt. <laughs>
4: the bad birdie started when their founder was asked to play in a tournament and couldn't find a fresh fun polo to match the vibe he was frustrated by all the options were either cotton and boring striped or 100 percent unexciting you know the kind of polo your grandpa might wear so he said screw it and made exactly what he thought the game needed a polo with some flavor and bold patterns that's what i love I yeah. love some bold patterns and some flavor in my style. Now, all Bad Birdie products are oozing with style and fun. They're also moisture-wicking, completely wrinkle-resistant, and come with four-way stretch so you can hit absolute bombs. bombs. <laughs> I like I like the flowers on mine, and I like your Hawaiian shirt. Thank you. I know.
5: I know. I know you like mine. I think we also need some matching bucket hats to complete the ensemble. We need the bucket hats. You know I was sucker for that ever since the Hawaiian tournament.
4: I know. You do love yourself a good bucket hat. So if you like hanging with your buddies, cracking a couple cold ones, and looking damn good on the golf course, then check out badboarding.com and get $10 off any polo with code page. Let's just say this is your grandpa's golf apparel brand, unless it is, in which case the bad Brady guys would love to meet him too. Honestly, it was kind of boring. I'm, but I'm probably saying that because I am not the biggest Tom Brady fan. So it was hard to yeah. see the Bucks just absolutely dominate the Chiefs and poor Patrick Mahomes running for his life, no receivers helping him. He, <laughs> poor guy.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, the, the poor guy. This is this is what somebody tweeted: If the Bears had drafted Patrick Mahomes, this is what it would have looked like. A guy who gets absolutely no protection who has receivers drop passes and who has his coach make idiotic decisions. I'm still so angry with what Andy Reid did right before halftime to like gift rat, a, a touchdown for the box.
4: They never looked solid from the very start. The bucks always, they looked good. They got off to a good start. And that's what we said in previous weeks that if the bucks started off, well, they were just going to dominate the whole game. And that's what happened. I mean, Tom Brady is Tom Brady for a reason. He led that team to victory.
1: The Chiefs were like in preseason mode. This is how you look in August. They were totally disorganized. They had incredibly dumb penalties. I mean, when you're lining up in the neutral zone on an attempted field goal and the guy didn't even rush, I mean, he literally has no point of being over that line. He wasn't even trying to block the kick. So it was uh, unfortunate. I was obviously, I had the Chiefs, as you can probably tell. I was able to win a lot on prop bets because somebody had recommended to fade Darrell Williams, the Chiefs backup running back. So I salvaged. I think one of the highlights was when my two daughters looked up at the screen and said, Tom Brady. No, he's not good looking. (laughs) So I'm with you. I am not a Tom Brady guy. I'm an old Jets fan. I'm jealous. I'm envious. And I enjoyed, uh, you know, my kids throwing in some shade.
4: Well, it started off horribly when heads won. Tails never (laughs) fails, and it was heads. And from that moment on, I was like, this game's going to be shit the entire way through.
1: Be happy you weren't the chump who, you know, is wagering five grand and losing on the coin flip and is already down. Now, we had somebody at points bet pretty smartly. You probably saw this page. He bet $10,000 on the opening kickoff not being returned for a touchdown. So when that dude got tackled, I said to my wife and kids, I'm like, some dude just won two hundred dollars. I mean, he had to grind. I mean, that is like ultimate grinding for your rent money when you're wagering ten thousand to win two hundred. But it turned out to be a smart bet, and uh, I hope you didn't. I hope you didn't lose too bad.
4: One of my favorite bets is also what color is going to be thrown on the coach? Blue. Yeah. Out of all of the colors, it was blue. I did not see that coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't either. I totally forgot about that bet. Do you happen to remember what the odds were on blue? Was blue kind of down the chain? It was,
4: yeah, it was like third or fourth on the list. So it was orange, yellow, lime, red, clear, then blue, purple. So no one had blue. It was the underdog of the game? But I will say, we got to talk about the refs a little bit because yeah. there seemed to be a lot of controversy about that on Twitter. I said that it was horrible. A lot of people <laughs> did not agree with that. I just yes. felt that they were a little too flag happy and they were throwing it down a lot. Uh,
1: I gave you a like on that tweet. i proud. If I could have liked it five times, I would have. I couldn't agree more. You know, they had that defensive holding call on Ward. I think that's the one that negated the interception for Honey Badger. Didn't like the call. Those of us who watch the AFC and especially the NFC championship games realized that They were allowing the defensive backs to be very handsy with those receivers. So if you're going to call it that way in the last game, call it that way this time. I also thought the unnecessary roughness, call early on in the game was a joke. Joke. It's not like he punched him. He didn't kick him in the nuts. I mean, (laughs) a little shoving after the play. Couldn't believe that those calls were made. And look, in the end, Tampa would have won anyway. But um, the refs, man, they they did Tom Brady a solid.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely one-sided, but what you said that I don't think it would have impacted the game. The Bucks were going to win regardless, but there was, also was a lot of talk on Tom Brady now being the GOAT. Of course, yeah. yes, I think he has solidified that for sure he is the GOAT, but here's the question. Is he the greatest athlete of all time?
7: Oh, um, you mean like across sports. all sports?
4: Yep. Well, because it's funny when you say That's what people are af- talking about. <laughs>
1: It's funny, Paige, when you say athlete, because he's, of course, like a horrible athlete. I mean, you've probably seen the clip maybe before you were born when Brady ran the 40 at the combine. So first of all, he's wearing like rinky-dink shorts and like a t-shirt. So he's like in the least aerodynamic outfit of all time. What did he run? Did he run like a five-one or something? He ran like slower than most it wasn't left- wasn't good. <laughs>
4: it was not good. So he looked like really he was running in a- slow motion. <laughs>
1: Seriously, it's like, are you even trying? So I mean, that's part of why he was the, I think, 199th pick in the draft. So it is funny if we actually call him an athlete. You know, it, it would be like calling Phil Mickelson a great athlete. And actually, Phil, you know, has redeemed himself after being a little chubby in his early years. But that's a great question. I think we would have to maybe have more time to explore it. But my first instinct is to say no chance. MJ is the best of all time.
3: Well
4: a lot of people are saying Michael Phelps being the most decorated Olympian of all time winning 23 gold medals, 66 total world champions. You have Simone Biles winning 27 world champions, world champion medals, Serena Williams, 39 Grand Slam titles. I mean, come on. Then we could go down to MJ, and Tiger and Federer and it's like Tom Brady he, he's the go We'll give him that. But he's way down on the list of all-time go-athletes.
1: I'll give him insane props for, you know, he breaks away from Belichick. I think half the NFL fans out there think Belichick is the, the number one reason that the Patriots were so good. And now, in the span of one season, it's Tom Brady here and Bill Belichick here. Can't deny any of that. I will tell you this, when people try to talk about Michael Phelps or Simone Biles, I'm sorry, unless it's one of the major three or four sports, you're not going to ever convince me because most people don't swim. We don't know what would have happened if like the best NBA (laughs) players of all time were in the pool when they were two or three years old because they didn't want to swim. So unless you're talking to me about football, basketball, baseball, maybe I'd make an exception for golf and be a total hypocrite, but probably not. I think you have to prove yourself in one of the mainstream sports that every kid basically wants to grow up playing.
4: Bad take central over here from Teddy (laughs) G. What was that about?
1: I'm I'm glad we're finally fighting about something. We were agreeing way too much.
4: I mean, you can put the best athletes in the world, try to stand them on a four-inch balance beam doing double backflips. Hell no. They would never be able to do that. Simone Biles, in my opinion, or Serena Williams, GOAT, For sure.
1: Interesting. I will not disagree that if you put Tom Brady or even Michael Jordan on a balance beam, (laughs) I'm not saying they'd be good, but you get my point. Like if it's an that a small group of people is playing, you can't say that they're better than the best football or basketball player of all time. That's my my take and I'm sticking to it.
4: I think we have to save this discussion for next podcast because I think we can keep going on and on and on about it. But let's get into – Next week, Pebble Beach, Who are, who's your pick? I mean, I'm looking right now. We have Dustin Johnson playing. He's at plus 375. There's no one else in the field you're going to take but, DJ, in this. I mean, what, what are you going to do? DJ is unstoppable. He's one of the – in my opinion, right now, best player. He's going to win.
1: Okay. However, we gotta talk about value. I mean, if we're talking about, are we talking about who you think is gonna win, or are we talking about if you had a hundred dollars, what you would put it on? Because I can't fight you on DJ. I, these these pre-tournament odds are pretty insane. I'm looking now. I don't know if yours is more updated than mine, but I see plus three hundred and sixty, which is almost like a tiger-like number. I, I mean, usually, you know, the favorite is John Rom last week was plus six hundred and fifty. Usually, it's plus eight hundred, which is eight to one. So Go ahead, take your DJ and you can take your small winnings. And I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Francesco Molinari. 28 to one, great player. I know he, um, you know, he just hasn't exactly refound the magic since winning at the Open Championship. And he didn't perform great at the Masters in November, I remember. But he is such a solid player. I assume it's going to be, you know, windy and sort of more low scoring than some events. So I will take Molinari at 28 to one.
4: I mean, Jordan Spieth at being 250 to one though, that came out of nowhere. He has one good round, and people are like, he's back. Let's give him two fifty to one.
1: Our traders were so on top of that, weren't they? Like at Points Bet, you know, they're going into that round. We were still we had Xander here and we had Jordan here because they knew it was a fluke, right? God bless the guy. When Spieth plays great, it's awesome for the game of golf, but he shot 61. After making after hitting like four fairways, he just rolled it in from everywhere. So that Sunday round was certainly not surprising to anybody who makes the odds.
4: Yeah, and you have to hit fairways at Pebble Beach.
1: Seriously. Those are tight courses. Man, I wish we had more time. I want to hear, I assume you've played those tracks.
4: I have played Pebble, but unfortunately, Teddy, that's it for today. We're going to have to have you back on to talk about Go Talk and, of course, more of the at t
1: Sounds great, Paige.
4: Thank you. Sports Bettors, are you ready? Download the PointsBet app now and use code PAGE to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet with PointsBet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and fast rewards at your fingertips. All on an easy-to-use app rated number 1 on Trustpilot. See for yourself why bettors are calling PointsBet innovative, lightning quick. And the reason they have ditched the other sports books Plus points bets refer a friend program is now easier than ever. Refer a friend, to points bet, and you both get $100 in free bets. Share with your friends the faster, easier way to bet. Download the app now to experience this premium sportsbook for yourself. And don't forget to sign up with code PAGE to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. What do you have to lose? TNCs apply, void where prohibited, must be 21 years older, gambling problem. Call 1 800 GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. <laughs>
7: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
4: towards you watch any of the waste management? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> It was actually such a great tournament. Brooks Koepka won at 19 under. It was a stacked leaderboard going into that back nine. There was probably eight or nine people who had a chance to win, which was so much fun to watch. And Wastemanage was one of my favorite tournaments of the year, and it was so nice to be back out as a fan. And it looked like there are more people out there on TV than there really was in person. You could literally follow one player on the front nine or even on the back nine, excluding 10, 15, 16, 17, 18, and there wasn't a soul out there. So it really felt like a private event. You could get pretty close to the players, watch them hit, watch them play. So that was probably the highlight for me. Did the energy still feel good? Like it did. So we followed Jordan Spieth for a little bit on the third round. My he guy, shot your yeah. guy. He's kind of coming back. We gotta talk a little bit more about Jordan Spieth. So we followed him the third round, and he shot a sixty-one. Us. That's really, really good. Like yeah, no, really I was good, say. really good. And we saw him chip in on number ten, and the energy, the crowd, it felt like normal life for a second, which was so comforting in a way to like be around people social distancing of course everyone wearing masks but just to have people cheer and be excited and I think the guys really fed off of that energy as well but Jordan Spieth I would say is the story of the tournament he has been struggling with his game for such a long time and for him to be back in the mix and not just slightly there but there in contending and having a chance to win was so great to see of course he faltered a little bit final round shooting one over but that 61 that he shot was vintage Jordan Speed. and it's funny we say that vintage. as if he's this 50 year old guy right. who has you know <laughs> done so much he's still young he is still so young but he was at the top of the game. I mean, they called him the golden child, the golden boy, number 1 in the world winning majors, winning everything, always having a chance at to win the tournament and then everything he just lost it all of his confidence, couldn't get a win, barely making cuts. People weren't even talking about Jordan Spieth unless if it was in a negative way about his golf game and if he's ever going to get it back. And so, to see him making those putts and, you know, kind of going back and forth with the fans and He didn't hit any fairways. That's still the problem that we're looking at. And I think that's why people love Jordan Spieth so much, because he's relatable as a golfer. Because I understand not hitting fairways and hitting punch-outs and trying to save pars and birdies. And that's why I think people like watching Jordan play, because it's so unpredictable and so wild. You never know what you're going to get from him. But to see him shoot that 61,
5: get back in the mix, it's so good for golf. So, uh, totally hear all the golf content. Here's my one thing. Saw a picture of him mid-base management and I would love to know, does he pull a Tom Brady and get hair plugs or does he just commit to being a fully shaved head?
4: I mean, he's so young that I think that he goes hair plug route. I don't think he has the swag to pull off a bald head. But at some point, you either have to make the move one way or the other because right now it's not that favorable for him. It's great with the hat on, but there are a few times where you got to take the hat off. So I think guys in that instance, either you go one way or the other, don't yeah. try to hold on to it. But again, Jordan Spieth, back. He's back. So exciting. we got to talk about Brooks Kepka, who is also back. He's coming off of his three missed cuts. I didn't feel too confident about him going into this week, coming off of the three missed cuts in a row, and also the split from his swing coach, Claude Harmon. That's a lot to deal with. Also, he's had a couple of injuries. He wasn't the Brooks that we knew and loved winning those majors having that like fierce competitiveness it was hard to see him struggle at the pga and from that point it almost looked like he was losing his game a little bit so to see him come back rise to the top when everyone was really faltering i want to say that brooks did win it because he made that chip and eagle on 17 but that's also kind of not the case a lot of people were really struggling and kind of lost the tournament Brooks was the only one who just kept fighting and was steady at the end, and that's why he ended up winning. But it's great to see him win again. I think he's going to have a really great year coming up with the majors. Brooks is a dangerous player when he's confident and cocky, and I think this is exactly (laughs) what he needed to get that jumpstart into major season. Another big storyline was Xander He, he, I mean, I like him. I think he's super talented, going to be a great player. But, I mean, let's just be frank. He flat-out choked. He had the tournament in his hands, and he choked. He snap-hooked his tee shot on 17 into the water, ended up making bo- bogey, finished at 18-under, burning number 18 when it, it didn't matter. There was no pressure on him anymore. But that was one of the worst shots <laughs> I have seen. It was really bad, Tori. That was all pressure on him, all that tension in his shoulder and his hands, that quick snap hook. I know it all too well, so that's why I feel often speaking on it. He choked. He couldn't handle the pressure and he lost the tournament. Sad to see and it's hard to see because he is still so young and so talented. That I hope that this doesn't become something that holds him back and I think it, it
5: might. Do you think it was only that one player just like his overall like how he carried himself throughout the tournament just showed that he's like almost there just not there or was it just that one Bad he's, he's been, he's almost like a Tony Fiena, where you're wondering
4: when they're going to break through and get that next win because they are so solid all the time that they're getting those top fives, those runner out finishes, those top tens pretty consistently. So you have to think, it's like, wow, they're so good that they're always putting themselves in contention. But why yeah. are they not closing it out? Why are they not getting that win? And it's interesting that even Tony in the Saudi International, he finished tied second too. So they're kind of like those two players going back to back. It's like who's going to break through first? Who's going to have this next moment to get that win again? Because they're both super solid players, well-rounded players too. There's really no weaknesses in their game except mm-hmm. for, I guess, closing it out when it really matters. And that's the most important part is winning tournaments.
2: Ugh.
5: Golf frustrates me, and, I, and I'm and i not even in it. I'm not even in it. I think it's one of
4: the most difficult sports, if not the most difficult sport, to play under pressure. Yeah. I feel with other sports, you can use that adrenaline to help you because it's like, I want to run faster, hit harder, but with golf... You can't really harness that adrenaline and it takes a lot of practice to do so because you have to stay so loose in your upper body and your hands right and so especially with those like short little touchy shots like the shot that Brooks' hit on 17 was one of the best chip shots I've ever seen off of that tight light, how he had to carry exactly where he had to land it. And that's what sets the players apart. It's like who can do it under pressure? And that's something I could never do. I could never handle the pressure because my hands and my upper body would just get too tight. And so I would have basically the yips off of the tee. So I can – I know where Jordan is, where he's standing on the tee. He doesn't know where the ball is going, and it's such a helpless feeling. But – you could see who really rose to the top, and it was Brooks in that tournament. But we gotta talk a little bit of the Saudi International. DJ won at oh. fifteen under. <laughs> you want? I know what you want to talk. About. I know, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'll wait. <sighs>
4: Not too much to say about this, except that DJ is a beast when he is feeling confident, almost like Brooks that way, they're unstoppable. He hits it so good when his wedges are dialed in and he's putting well. He, right now, is the best player to be playing. Anytime he's in the field, I feel like he's going to win now, especially coming up for Pebble. You can't go against DJ when he's so confident. He's one of those players, too, where I almost feel like when a player wins, there's a little bit of a letdown for the next tournament and you don't feel too confident that they're going to win back to back that's not what DJ he will win multiple tournaments in a row or a lot in a row in a short amount of time because he's just on fire and he feels good about himself and so that's why I think DJ is going to have a really great year and he even he was quoted to saying is like if I'm doing everything I need to be doing no one can beat me and to be able to publicly say that you know Your game has to be great. But, Tori, I know what you want to talk about. And that's DJ hitting a spectator straight in the back. Sniper shot. Sniper. You know how bad that must have hurt? I mean, the guy got hit and he just fell. There was no, like, (laughs) oh, that kind of hurt. He just dropped straight to the ground.
5: I don't know if he probably was like, did a bird just hit me? Like, because he, he wasn't even, like, near anything, too. It was just this, this, I think it looked like it was someone who was working the event, maybe. Just there, walking, back turned. DJ hits it, and just, I mean, Twitter blew up. Twitter blew up. All the memes, everything from it. It's so epic. Everyone needs to go watch it now if you haven't seen it. Because I can't stop watching it.
4: I have been hit by a golf ball from a close range, and it hurt like a motherfucker. So I can't even imagine Ow. being hit by a Dustin Johnson drive on the fly straight in my kidneys. How far do you think that was? I mean, he drives it about 300 plus yards. So Jeez. that was coming in hot. Like,
5: coming hot, in hot. <laughs> That thing was on fire. We don't even know it.
4: I mean, he can hit a golf ball through, like, a watermelon or a foam book. I mean, th- that is coming in in some force, so I hope the guy is, like, oh, I know.
5: I, I think he is. I was, like, reading some articles. But, like, I mean, do you think DJ even really feels bad? Or he's just, like – I mean, he does feel bad. Don't get me wrong. But, like – I think it's like, one of
4: those things where it's, like, well, he shouldn't have been standing there. He- you know <laughs> – When you go to a golf course, there is a possibility that you're going to get hit. And so you just have to understand that as you walk in and have your head on a swivel because you could get hit in the
5: back. It's like being at the beach. Don't turn your back to the waves. Don't turn your back to the waves. And if you do, you got to take a little bit of responsibility. Although I will say 300 yards, you wouldn't be expecting a ball to be coming out. So no.
4: He was a spotter. Ugh. I'm pretty sure he was a spotter. So he wasn't doing his job. So maybe that was a little <laughs> bit of a wake-up call for him. But and also hope you're thing. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one last thing I want to talk about with the week in golf is there was a really interesting storyline come out with Rory McIlroy. The RNA has – I won't get too in detail about it because I feel like this is another long discussion that we can have. But basically they're saying that they're going to do something about how far – the ball goes and the equipment so they're going to change that for the pros and it's very frustrating one I do think it does need to happen I think the pros should be playing equipment that doesn't go as far and the golf ball doesn't go as far because of preserving the golf courses blah 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 that boring stuff that you guys can go listen (laughs) at another golf podcast but (laughs) I will say that There are so many big problems in golf. It's frustrating to see the USGA and the RNA focus on this, which impacts 0.001% of the people who play golf. And Roy McElroy wanted to talk about this in a press conference and he got Very heated up about it. He said something along the lines is what I was just saying that this doesn't impact anyone. Why are they focusing on this? They could save the money that they put into the report, put it into getting more people into the game. There's so many other things that are more important. Why are they focusing on that? And I really, it was, it meant a lot to hear that from someone who has such a big platform. And voice in golf because that's something that i always struggle with i feel like golf is not inclusive i've talked about this before and it would be nice for them to put more money into initiatives that get people into the game of golf or mm. pace of play or making it less expensive there's so many things that public hold on you just say that there's so many things that every single day Across social media, normal golfers are screaming at the top of their lungs basically saying, this is what needs to change in golf. This is what I want in golf. This is what we need. And no one's listening to them. And we're the people who matter the most to the growth of the game and it would be nice for them to focus a little bit more on inclusion or making people feel more welcomed or pace of play is a huge problem and all of these things, they all work together and I understand that and maybe they are working on this, but again, I don't know because I don't have a head at the table, a seat at the table Because, again, there's no inclusion in the game. I never feel welcomed. And so, again, it was nice that Rory used his voice to be so vocal about this because this is something that I think is frustrating a lot of golfers, including myself. And so, Rory, that was so cool for him to do because he was going to take a lot of heat for doing that. And we need someone like that who's at the top that people are actually going to listen to to speak out on these issues that are, you know, hurting a lot of people.
5: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, again, I'm I'm learning as we're going, but I do think it's really cool when people who are very well established in the game are taking the time to like invest into into the, these issues for sure
4: yeah so that's that's it for the week in golf it was such a fun week with the waste management i'm excited for the 18t pebble beach tournament next week i love that golf course pebble is so beautiful it's gonna be fun to see those guys play a little bit different this year because they're not doing the pro-am style tournament so i wonder if the scores will be impacted by that because it's different for them to be kind of held back by their celebrities and the amateur partners and so I wonder if the scores will be lower if the vibe will be different but it'll be interesting to see how they play there
5: that's where I met you that's all I have <laughs> for memories there
4: that's true it'll be a one-year anniversary from the start of the playing around podcast one year baby I can got some believe- flowers
5: coming your way I literally
4: can't believe that it's been a year of doing this. We have done an episode every week except for what one week for the one past because of the holiday.
5: Oh gosh, Let, that is... let's take a minute to cry. Go to break. Let's take you a know, break. Come back with some TNA.
4: Let's do it. Okay, Tori, we got our tears out, our sentimentalness, <laughs> if that's even a word. So let's go do some TNA.
5: For men, and as a female getting something for Valentine's Day, when you're in the beginning talking stages with a person, what do we get them? Then I saw upon this, t- my, my FBI agent, he, he had my algorithms all set up, threw me to a TikTok. What is equivalent, this is my question for you, what is equivalent to the flowers for guys? Men can buy us flowers on any stage of our relationship. What is equivalent to flowers for men? On Valentine's Day or just in general? Kind of in general. I'm saying now Valentine's Day is coming up. It's, I mean, honestly, it's next week, this coming week. What is equivalent to us buying flowers for men? That doesn't exist. Men buy us flowers. Easy. Perfect. We feel special. What do we do to men to make them feel special?
4: I think they just want sex. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like it's it, it depends on who you're talking to and what they like or what their interests are. I think there are some guys that maybe would like a nice comes- cooked meal, or I think okay, it's valid. less about a meal. I think it's less about a. Object and more about the thought that goes into it. I think guys prefer things that are more thoughtful. So it could also but be flowers are thoughtful.
5: I, we we feel
4: I so think it's special. A, I think it's a cop out. Like I would rather get a thoughtful gift from a guy than flowers.
5: No, no chance. If a guy shows up with some daisies or a full bouquet or something like some beautiful pink rose arrangement, you're not gonna be like I don't feel special. You'd be like this is so sweet of you to stop at the market, pick up a bundle of flowers put a bow around it, and get send it my way.
4: But again, I think that's almost like a cop-out. It's like the easy thing to do, especially if you've been dating someone for a while and you know all of their favorite things and then you just get them flowers. I'd much rather get either like my favorite candy or a cute little gift that is meaningful to our relationship. And I think you can do that it doesn't matter if they're male or female. I think people prefer a thoughtful gift and that goes into
5: like who they are as a person. So like- Paige is going on a rant on thoughtful gifts. Becky Kassas, our other producer, jumps in and says it's nudes. Men want nudes that's equivalent to flowers. So that takes me to my TikTok though, because then I started looking at the, com- the comments from this one. It says, what's the equivalent to flowers for guys? Here they are. My husband said garlic bread, BJ's, not the food uh, blowjobs. uh my boyfriend said beer chicken nuggets my husband didn't hesitate he's hesitate he said sandwiches peanut butter and jelly but diagonal cut and then a ps5 and i'm like this is it like guys we like girl i i get why guys are frustrated when they're like what do we get a girl because we're like we want a thoughtful gift we want flowers but we want our favorite flowers men they want diagonally cut pb and j's are we right or wrong listeners A good pb and j like that's one of their
4: favorite things so it's like if i was going to get like a thoughtful gift or do something thoughtful for someone i was dating i would probably cook them a meal and if they're like a sports fan get them like i would normally get them like tickets or something like that it's like the thoughtful things that matter but guys it's easy because
5: they just like food no, this is ridiculous. This is frustrating me now. You can't say you'd rather have a guy show up with some baby food in hand rather than a flower. You cannot tell me that right now being like, well, at least he knew I like the sweet pea kind. Like, no, you would rather have flowers. You'd be like, thank you.
4: I wouldn't. I'm not a big flower person. Like, I like flowers. I don't believe women they when they die. say that. But they die. Flowers no. die. No. I, I'm not good at keeping care of my flowers, so I would much rather have something besides
5: flowers. You eat food and you throw the jar away. I'm not buying any of this. I'm not buying any of this. But men, can you please let us know what is equivalent to flowers for you that I can go and and, and get?
4: I know you are so
5: heated up about this. I've never seen you so worked up before. <laughs> because it's comp- men are so complicated. And even if you buy them PS5, then they're like, cool, things, And then you lose them. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't and know they- what I'm supposed to get someone.
4: If guys were only as loyal to girls as they are to Tom Brady, life would be great.
0: Life <laughs> well, would be great.
4: Life would be great. So guys, send us your answers to par at iheartradio.com. Or you can DM us at the Playing Around Instagram account. What an episode. What an episode. Tori's fired up. I'm fired up. (laughs) What a great week in sports. We had the Super Bowl and also the Waste Management. Can't get any better than that. And a horrible halftime show, apparently. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I hope you guys enjoyed and you can catch us next week.
1: Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
7: Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.
0: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack.